0: you do her all right craig mcdonald hey man thanks thanks for doing this thanks for being back on yeah man glad to be here yeah the craig mcdonald dude i have been wanting to do another follow up with you but just kind of time timing and all that oh yeah i get, know
1: you're a busy man
0: well you know not really but kind of you know <laughs> once you get the family life going and stuff and then the new job but um but like i said man good good to have you on and uh wanted to kinda of start off with the the Highway song. Oh no. we didn't really get to get no, into it too. Much. We're not doing We don't that. have to sing it. We don't have to sing it, but I just like <laughs> want to talk about like just to me it's like a, it's just a cool story of like a bunch of folks being on a fire and the creative juice is flowing, you know. And oh yeah. You I mean you can kinda of go into it too if you want, just kinda of like the creation of the song and yeah. and kinda of where it came from if because we touched on it last time, but we didn't really get into it, and I kind of want to <laughs> talk about that, and then we'll, we'll get into some more fire stuff.
1: Yeah, so this was back in 2011, I think, on the uh, Wallow Fire there in eastern Arizona, and mm-hmm. it was a Beebardee, you know, throw-together crew, district crew, and so um, we were getting towards the end of our assignment, and... Uh, all of our squad, we re- we really jive together well. You know, a lot of similar interests, particularly in music. Yeah. And so, uh, we were gridding this chunk of line, and it's just it, it's hot, hotter than hell oh, out yeah, there man. in Arizona in the black. And so, we shut down for lunch, and for whatever reason, we were on this uh, highwayman kick. You know, and I can't remember who's all who's all in there. It's Christopher. Chris Christofferson, Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, and Merle Haggard. There's a, there's a or, couple
0: different versions. I think one is Willie Nelson, in it, I think. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: but yeah, it's pretty much more or less ha- have those guys in there. And for whatever reason, we were on a Highwayman kick, Yeah. and so we just sat down one day on our lunch break, and we were playing it. And I don't remember who, who started it, but started just, you know, Bored out of our minds, tired of gritting, just started pertaining it to this particular fire assignment. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that's really good. And then someone else would contribute a line and get a good laugh out of it. Then someone else would move on to the next one. Because, I mean, at this point, at the end of the assignment, all of us knew the entire songs, lyrics, the originals. Yeah. You know, word for word. And it was just like, oh, my God, we got to write this down. So in one 30-minute lunch break, you know, (laughs) we had gone from... Oh, this is a song we've totally been listening to the entire assignment to all of us. We just pretty much rewrote it to pertain to that particular <laughs> assignment and yeah. I I don't know how I got volunteered for this, but it was like, "Oh, Craig's going to going to sing it in front of the whole crew, you know." Oh, I, really? I, I I still have the original notepad. Oh yeah. That uh, I wrote that. I wrote those lyrics on. Yeah. And so that's something I generally i'll bust it out maybe once or twice a year and i reserve it you know for for crew assignments whenever you're on like day 10 or whatever and maybe morale is starting to dip and you're just like hey let's 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 get that that juice pumped back in and gets a pretty good laugh out of them and then since then you know it's got a couple other ones of instead of uh shut up and dance with me by walk the moon it's shut up and saw with me <laughs> <and> <laughs> a, good, a frustrated sawyer <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of it's kind of grown from there but uh yeah
0: that's, that's awesome like you said those little morale kicks i mean um and folks have been in fire a long time know about like little stuff they can do like on a little break and you know even some of the stuff you can do, like, with safety, you know, to, to throw, like, the 10-18 into, like, some kind of fun, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh I'm trying to think what we did in the northern, but we did, like, a almost like a reenactment, you know, you'd, you'd act out a different part of the, you know, 10-18. And and, <laughs> yeah. And it, it interactive works, like, dance. Interactive or dance or something, the yeah. Interpretive dance, I Inter- think. Uh, Interpretive dance is what I was looking for. Yeah, like, interpretive dance, you know, and it, it really helps, man, like you said, uh, especially on a dead fire, you know, and this you know, my experience was mostly in eastern Montana, where you know, hot, you know, hot country too and just flashy fuels. And usually you can get around it pretty quick, especially when you get some heavy equipment out like dozers and some air resources like uh, tankers and mm-hmm. helicopters. And then you're basically just kind of trying to keep it there. And we end up having like some uh, coal seams that were causing us to like lose it a little bit, you know, like, cause, you know, coal seems huge. So oh, yeah. you'll think you'll have it and then it'll sneak out of your line and then you got, you know, a little, little bit of a spot that you got to you know, go clean up and tie in. But yeah, so then, Another one we did was like the slack jaw dance off you ever done one of those mm-hmm. yeah that, oh man that, that really helps boost things you yeah. know especially especially when you're kind of dragon.
1: i i feel kind of uncomfortable or it, it seems awkward nowadays to do that song now because i mean the wall of fire was 12 years ago now oh yeah, yeah and i'm you know. just like I, I i do it in front of all these new group of of guys you know guys and gals that are 18 years old I'm like you guys were six <laughs> that's true <laughs> you know uh. like it, it, maybe they can't relate or whatever but I'm just like at least there's no dates attached you know And
0: yeah and it's a song that's just like it, it, you know the Highwayman original like seems to never go away cause it's brought up even in like country music still you know yeah. So. And then they can go reference it, and they'll probably appreciate the your version better. I you know. know.
1: I, I can't tell you how many times I get asked, like, oh, can you sing it or whatever? And you need to put that on YouTube. And can we record? I'm just like, if I do it in front of the crew, it's no cell phones. I'm just like, you got to remember it. So yeah. 10 years down the road, you can see me on the fire line and be like, that guy has a really cool song. I have no evidence recording of it. But yeah. just, you just got to remember it up here.
0: Yeah, totally, man. You know, those are the good memories they just kind of keep for you you and that crew. And that's kind of like with your guys. I remember I was on the same forest. You were both on the BRD at that point. And uh, I was really jealous because that, that was just a pretty dynamite crew in general. Like Chris Harris, I think, was on that, right? Yeah,
1: he was in my squad. He was one of the co authors. Co authors, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. He's awesome. He's super creative. And uh, Jeff Barnes. Oh, Barnes, yeah, yeah. Manus,
0: yeah. Yeah, man. man. I wonder how he's doing. He. Yeah, that accident you know not too long ago with the drip torch mm-hmm. i haven't i heard he did had a good recovery so hopefully he's yeah on. i
1: haven't heard anything fur- further from it so yeah, i
0: mean it's weird that's what's weird about fire too for folks who maybe haven't really experienced this but like if you start on a district like we did or in a forest that's really tight the b to use super tight when yeah. we we're on it oh it, yeah yeah <laughs> which is cool and and then covid kind of threw a wrench in that for i think a lot of forests but um and you know seeing jeff Barnes like you Know quite a few times throughout the summer, you know, and, mm-hmm. and helping out with different IAs for each other, you know, being sistering or neighboring districts. And then, man, I haven't seen him since like 2012 or something, I think. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah. And I just remember you'd go to a, a training, yeah, you know, 211, 280, you know, some of these like entry level classes, and it could be your second season, and you could go, you know, from Peaberg to Wise River. And, you know, Wise River's hosting it, but maybe Dylan sent some folks, Anna sent some folks, Butte sent some folks. And it's just, you get into that room of, like, who's in this class, and you're like, hey, 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 you know? And I just, yeah, that was a really tight forest. That was, man. I really enjoyed that experience there.
0: Yeah, me too. And, you know, I think we were that kind of golden era where folks didn't move on as much because there wasn't as much opportunity. So folks were like a career and as a six or seven you're know, like an assistant foreman or foreman you know engine foreman yeah. and um so they had you know just like a lifetime experience and and uh, i think a lot of them still kind of kept their their like youth and and um uh, you know like excitement about the job you know and i think you know we back then we didn't get quite the the ass kicking seasons that i think like we get now you know mm-hmm. like we busy but not like on the scale i don't think
1: yeah i mean i know they're especially in in Peberg you know all of their overhead was like Yep, been here twenty plus years. You know, he yeah. had Gary Lambert as a. He, he was a retired as a GS seven, been in Peberg damn near his whole career. Yeah, and you know Braybender was like, Greg, if you want to move up in this line of work, he's like, you got to be willing to move on to take that next upgrade he's like because otherwise you're gonna sit here and you gotta wait for that next person to either retire or die yeah. <laughs> from old age or whatever yeah in order to move up into those positions and so after he told me that advice i was like yeah it's a good idea
0: it is yeah and then you get to see how different people do different things you know like it, everyone does a little different every fourth every district so yeah. it's it's really important i think to go out because you. Yeah, you can bring something to the table and then you can kind of be like, well, I like the way you do that better. So I'm going to take that. But I like this way, I think seems to make more sense the way I was doing it from Peaberg or wherever, you know, and, and then you kind of get a better district that way by combining powers, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, I'm super thankful for the experiences I've had working on five different forests in two different regions in my career and yeah yeah, being able to be a part of different organizations being around different fuel types different climates and seeing you know taking those those little tidbits of in particular leadership of like hey i really like that not didn't really like that i really like this you know and just add that to your you know leadership portfolio and yeah i'm just super appreciative of of the places i have gone and i encourage my guys you know that have been maybe in the same location or at least on the same forest their whole career i really encouraged like man love having you but you really should experience you know something else and see what else what else is out there like yeah always come back
0: yeah you can always come back you might like it better and you know like in in my experience see the place i went back to um the whole the whole thing had changed a little bit and it wasn't like i was glad i left because like well I mean, I still like it, but it's, it's not what it was, and no. just, you know, progress is all, you know, doing things different, and no. just different folks, and, yeah, that's how it goes, but, yeah, yeah and I feel like you just kind of seem to always find better when you go out to look around, you no. know, you always no. have those good memories, but, you know, I think everyone, everything changes, so, no, but, uh, can we highlight the highway, just like the, do you remember the original, like, the different phases, I just remember, like, at the end, oh, it's yeah. like a starship,
1: come on, man, yeah, that's what I
0: thought, yeah, like, so, like, right. he's a highwayman in the beginning, right, that's the first yeah. one, Yeah, Yeah,
1: you have, okay, so it is Willie Nelson. Yeah. I was a highwayman. And then um, instead of highwayman, it's I was a fireman. Yeah. And then um, he goes through his whole spiel. And then um, the next one, I don't know who, which artist does the next one, but he was a sailor. Oh, yeah. Instead of of a sailor, I was a sawyer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Dam builder, I was a line digger, ground pounder. And then um, Johnny Cash's part, you know, I fly a starship. He does. Uh, he's like, I fly a sky crane or something like that. That's yeah. my least favorite part of that song. I'm like, ah, oh, we could have gone more clever with that. Yeah. But, uh,
0: I always thought the sky crane was kind of cool because yeah. I like, him. Like yeah. But but it all, <laughs> it all drives really well. It all, it, dude. It flows really well. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember the first time after I think it was during one of the breaks when the GoPro overheated or you know had to drain the bladder. I think uh, we were talking about it a little bit. I was like, man, yeah, you gotta put out like a little short album or something Channel on YouTube, you know, maybe. And I know it kind of takes a little bit of mystique away though. Once you get it recorded and and put it out there, but I I don't know. I think it'd be really good.
1: I just feel like everyone in this day and age does like a parody of some kind. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just not all that techie, I guess. I'm like, that sounds like a lot of work to put all that, all that stuff on, on YouTube or Spotify or whatever platform you use. I'm just like, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> well,
0: that's why you got me. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We yeah, we could set you up a channel, and I think I think these mics are even designed it, for recording. Is, so. I was gonna
1: say, is that gonna play through through my headphones? <laughs>
0: oh yeah, well yeah. If we, man, if I get a little more techy, we could play it, in, you know, through. So like, <laughs> yeah. they can't hear, but we can, yep. and then you can just you know, at least have the like the instrumental instrumental going, you know. Yep. Yeah, because that, that, that was a really good version, the, the one you guys did. And then the yeah. the one I really like that you were working on a while ago was the Losing My Division. Yeah, <laughs> REM,
1: Losing My Religion, yeah. Losing My Division. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that
0: one's hilarious, man, because I mean, we can all relate to that, too. You know, like things are just going bananas, you know, whatever event came through and just— Yep, Division your,
1: lost his burn ops. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> just
0: ate your lunch for the day. Yep. So we all felt that pain, so it's, I think it's easy to relate to that one, too, man. Yep. Yeah, so maybe maybe one of these days we'll, we'll uh, take a nice.
1: Yeah, that one's not finished. I'm like, I feel like I've told you that for the last like two or three years now. Yeah, maybe and yeah. it's just, shit or get off the pot. I need I need to finish it, or just totally, scrap cr- it, crush it up, and walk away from it and start with something new.
0: Yeah, maybe come back again. Yeah, you almost need like the original band back together, like Herricks and those guys, and and yeah, you know, like the, I, need, to get the Jesus. I need the
1: original Firemen group to <laughs> come back together. Yeah, <laughs> totally, know? man.
0: Yeah. And I don't who was uh sales there. Was he one of them too?
1: Sales was there, but he wasn't Contributor? He wasn't in my squad. Yeah, oh, gotcha. Yeah, for some reason, we were like all out there by ourselves. Oh, we, yeah, kind of <laughs> scattered <scanning> out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, I don't know if we were leapfrogging or what, but I just remember we were in the middle of nowhere on this black edge by ourselves and just oh, really? found this, you know nuked out wash to sit in and be like, Tree, please try and find some shade. Yeah, it's all in. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, sales was there, wasn't in the squad. I think in that squad it was Ryan Hunt. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That spent time in Whitehall. And then um Dominic Petrelli. Oh yeah. Who I just uh ran into at that and pole. Oh really? Um Month ago, month Jeez, and ago. Jeez, I missed him. I
0: didn't even see him. No, yeah. dang, I would. him. He's not. He's not in fire anymore, right? No. Yeah, he's yeah.
1: he's working at a bank or something like that.
0: Now. Oh, that's good for. Me. Yeah, actually, last time I saw him was I was doing observation hours for uh, physical therapy. You know, I was uh, just shadowing one of the folks at the one of the PTs at the university here. Mm-hmm. And Dominic came in, and um, I hadn't seen him in a long time, and he looked great. You know, filled out really good, but he had got an injury. Was he on Helena or losing Helena shots?
1: Yeah, he was, he was on one of those ones at a Great Falls Dispatch. Oh, he's great. Yeah, somewhere so in Great yeah, Lewis and Clark. Yeah, then. Lewis and Clark, I can't.
0: God, I want to say Helen, but maybe it was Lewis and Clark. But yeah, I, I know he, it was one of the two. Damn yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. somewhere in Region One. <laughs> yeah. you know? And uh yeah, I think he, I think he ended up getting some kind of injury and and yep. he was rehabbing it. And and we were talking about because at that point I was out of fire, so we were talking about like kind of moving on. Like you still got you know your wheels and your healthy body, you know. Because no. it man, it definitely takes a toll. So. Oh yeah,
1: I feel that now. You know, I'm just like. Thank God, I'm in the position I'm in now because I mean pff, you got this <laughs> I was gonna say, got yeah. this boot on here, you know, I tore my calf, not like completely in January. It was a muscle bundle tear, you know, but Ooh. like I could feel it oh. coiling up in my leg, super gross. yeah and I'm just I'm just, man, if I'm feeling like this at 34, what's you know, God you're so young? what's 54? Yeah, right, when and, you can retire. the 60s, going to look like if it, I'm like, man, I I have to get my kids to put my socks on for me. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I'm like, what's it going to look like in 20 years? Come on over, kiddos. So up. that's that's the nice thing about this new gig. You're more armchair quarterbacking. Definitely miss hanging out with, with the guys. You know, like the crew got ordered up to go to California oh, um, yeah. last weekend. Oh, gotcha. And so just being there in the room, you know, while they were getting everyone all assembled and Hey, you got all your ducks in a row and kind of like the pre mobilization briefing of like, Hey, here's how we're trying to get folks together. Here's the the squad configuration. It was just like,
0: Heads up on this, look out for the poison oak and I'm all those I'm just like, things. man,
1: here in an hour, I'm going to be here all by myself. Yeah. I'm going to be the one person that isn't going <laughs> out on this. <laughs> <And Obama. laughs> yeah. So I do miss being, you know, with the guys yeah. every single day. So I guess you could maybe say a little bit of buyer's remorse, but I, I feel like it's a good... A good trade-off of like yeah i miss being part of the team hanging with the guys making those memories building those relationships and you know having those belly aching laughs seeing and hearing you know some of the stupid shit that goes on just random right yeah on assignments that you're like i'm gonna remember that yeah To now it's like well i'm saving my body you know now for for long-term stuff so
0: yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, it's, you know, paying off for the future, investing in your health. And, yeah. Um, I guess we didn't really, we kind of skipped that when we went in here because I was too excited about the highway, man. But you're the official AFMO, right, of, of uh, Trapper Creek yep. Job Corps. Yep. Yeah, I kind of messed that up a few times last time. So, which is huge, man. Congrats on that. That's, yeah, that's a big you. deal. Yeah, thank and, you. And it's kind of good, though, because like you said, you got the ground miles, so it's it's good to have those miles underneath you to go into a leadership position like that, you know? Yeah,
1: it was a perfect storm for me. You know, I... It's already a big change going from, you know, operations into admin. And I can totally understand how if someone was on the outside only working on a district, shot crew, hell attack crew, how it would be damn near impossible to go from that to being a job core AFMO with all the Department of Labor side of things and the paperwork that you need to deal with. But for me, I mean, it was it couldn't have worked out any better for me cuz i you know i was already the hand crew foreman there yep. for 3 years and then you know so i got exposed to okay the the crappy paperwork side for you know ad's which is what the students are casual hires yeah and figuring out okay that's how we do it with this so i had 3 years basically to train to do that and then you know whenever my predecessor will hall left we're still kind of re- revamping from covid so it's just like i've had 3 years of training and i'm transitioning now into this role where it's not full capacity 180 students and it's just absolute mayhem it's like still a s- pretty small organization i'm like okay i've got my 10 staff and then you know 10 to 15 students to deal with it's more like representative i feel of like what a district Fire org would look like so yeah. it's it's been a really nice transition for me. It could have worked out any better, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think it goes on both sides, right? For the forest uh, and the and the Department of Labor, you know, Department, of, yeah,
1: Labor, you well,
0: yeah, is it yeah? Because uh, I guess for folks that are uh, are tuning in, um, Craig is Forest Service employee, and all the fire folks that are there, right, are Forest Service, and then all the students are Department of Labor through
1: the Job Corps, right? And that's yep. why I got an ADM in. Yep. And so as soon as they get, as soon as there's an incident or whatever. Um, they get hired AD and then essentially transition over and become Forest Service employees. Yeah,
0: I don't even know what AD really stands for, but it's like contracted pretty much, right? Yeah,
1: administratively determined.
0: Oh, hey, there we go. Dude, I didn't, that might be the first time I actually like, I've, you know, I know what it is, but I didn't really like have heard that actually the full phrase, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and, and I got a little taste of one of that, uh, uh, resource, well, no, what is it? Uh, the no? natural resources trade instructor. Yeah, natural resource yeah. trade instructor, you know, and like you said. In a weird way, thankfully COVID was there because the place is empty, so I, I got to focus on both sides of things and figuring out how the Department of Labor works and all the different channels, and and then you're going to like two meetings, right? So you got your Forest Service side of things, and you go into all the Department of Labor stuff for the Job Corps, and yeah, like I said, it's a busy week just in all that, and then you throw the students on top that you know they're they're the main focus, yep. So you know, taking care of them, and so it's like I said, man, I think it works out great on both sides to have you there, you know, in that position, because even someone like me who's got a little taste of it, it would be. A vicious learning curve, oh, and yeah. a lot of growing pains, you know, yeah. to be for me to be in your position. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got
1: Monica Thomas, yeah. you know, over in Anaconda doing the same thing, and I'm just like, I don't know how how she does it. You know, yeah. she, she's obviously an incredible person, to- total animal. Yeah, and I don't know how she's able to do that because if I just came in not knowing anything about oh. job corps, Department of Labor stuff, I I'd, I'd be like, I I can't handle this. A month and be like.
0: That's what I was gonna say, like it was like I'm a month out. in. This was not for me. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm with you. Man. Like I, luckily everyone was in the same boat where like none of the students were around, so a lot of people had time to put the training wheels on me. But man, like you said, if I came in like like Monica did, like Mo did, oh man.
1: Yeah, I would I would have drowned, I think, dude. That's it's so much, man. Yeah. And I mean it's it's like they're trying to streamline some stuff. It's definitely getting more complex because, you know, with the national direction being like, Hey, we need to address, you know, the wildfire crisis. Uh, Strategy, And so the big push now is like fuels reduction, Mm -hmm. fuels reduction. And so in the past, when it came to these, you know, job core students, it it was only they'd get paid only if they were on wildfires. Oh, the end. Yeah. And if they were doing prep work, burning, anything like that, free labor.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Even on burns, huh?
1: Yep. Oh, man. Even on burns. Yeah. And so then just now in my time, I've been there, you know, so going into my fourth year there now, they've been like, oh, they can get paid for, um, prescribed fire, but, um, they can even get paid for the prep work the day before the burn, the day after the burn. Oh, so that's, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And then even since then, it's now evolved of like, oh, well they're capped at 300 burning hours. Oh. And now that is now gone. So nowadays it's, if, If they're doing anything that involves hazardous fuels reduction, prep, burning anything, there's no hourly cap on it, no hourly restrictions. So, I mean, like, they're getting paid now anytime they go in the woods. Oh, that's awesome. Basically. And it's just, it's good. It helps set them up for success financially, but definitely creates more of a burden on us. Because now, instead of like, oh, we only need to worry about student time if they're on a fire, now it's, we got to submit these guys' time just like... Our okay. normal Forest Service employees do so like regular, through right? a totally different process, though. You know, that's not in Paycheck 8. It's all these other forms that you got to submit. So it's... Yeah,
0: yeah increasing the workload on you guys.
1: Yeah, it's a, a challenge. But, I mean, they're trying to get some admin positions, fire admin positions in there to try and take some of that pressure off of us. But yeah, that'd be they're, they're so new. Some of these folks, that they fill these positions, they're so new to it. It's kind of like we're going to spend this first year pretty much training these folks up. To Tra- train h- the trainers right yeah. yeah and then hopefully here and you know next year or the following year then it's just like okay here's your packet of everything so yeah
0: that, man, that'll that be good like that's so helpful i heard rumor and i don't know how accurate this is but there was a, a job course student i'm not sure i don't think they're a trapper out of trapper but um they were just really smart with their money and went out a bunch of details and were doing um kind of like ivy was doing the uh Oh, what is that, Uh, the program that yeah. he was in? Um, You're not talking about the apprenticeship the program, apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe they're doing the apprenticeship because I, I think somehow they ended up landing in dispatch for a while and getting the AD rate, I think. So long story long, I think that they ended up with like $60,000 when they left Job Corps yeah. in their rank. Yeah. You know, I was like, man, that's, that's really good. And that's smart of that student, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's the whole purpose of it, you know, is to get these guys this on-the-job training experience to make them compete make them be able to compete for some of these dispatch jobs, hand crew, shot crews, um, engines, stuff like that, Yeah. but also get the money aspect as well to help set them up financially for success. Cause if they're, if fire is the best paying gig there at at, at trapper. Yeah. So if they choose not to do camp crew, kitchen crew, or fire crew, and they just, Hey, I just want to focus on my trade or on my education. They get only paid, 30 cents an hour. Oh, yeah. And so I think um, when I had a meeting a couple weeks ago, uh, one of the the center folks there was saying, basically what it comes down to, if they spend two years with the program, they walk out of here with 1,200 bucks. Oh, really? And it's just like, 1,200 bucks, is that enough to be able to buy a car, afford first last month's rent, and buy groceries and pay for utilities? I'm like, answer is clearly no no yes so that's why fire is the best paying gig of like our going rate is twenty one dollars and eight cents an hour for ad's and if they go out seven or eight times in a season you know they can be just in one year they can be leaving with you know anywhere from twenty to forty thousand dollars in their bank account and at that point you're like oh yeah you can afford that vehicle now you can afford that apartment instead of hey i have all this experience don't have a way to get to or from work. If they don't have government housing, can't, yeah. can't afford a place to rent. Yeah, it limits like, your options for yeah, sure. Man. Yeah, so they they need that experience, but uh, fire is what provides it for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a good opportunity. Like you said, there's a little stipend. Definitely helps, especially like when you first get in. You yeah, know,
1: You get a little bit of the. the you get clo- like they give you
0: clothing right, and then get the like allowance. Yeah, you know, so that definitely helps. But like you said, man, getting the cost of living anymore, and if you don't have the government housing, man, it, it, you could be up against it. And with the Forest Service and probably a lot of places, it, you don't get your paycheck till three weeks in, yeah. you know, so. no. Yeah. You float yourself for three weeks. You yeah, know? I mean,
1: the better it's nice because there's a bunkhouse at every duty location. Yeah. But um, you know as well as I do, it's not that way all across the board, and we're not expecting every student that wants to pursue – a career in fire going into these entry-level GS34 jobs, we're not expecting them all to accept positions on the bid route. You know, these kids are from all across the country, you know, so kids from New Mexico. He's like, yeah, want to go back home to New Mexico. Yeah, or at least closer, right? Yeah, yeah. May, maybe there's not housing down there where he's at. Yeah. yeah, like you said, a lot of places don't have
0: housing, and I, I was kind of hoping, like, with uh, some of this infrastructure stuff, they would start getting housing either, you know, not shutting down some of those workstations, leaving them open because they have the housing. You know, like NS has that kind of workstation out of town that had, had the bunkhouses. Yeah. Bit of a cruise in, but at least you got a place to crash because, you know, the money for bunkhouse comes out of your pay, so it's not like you got to pay anything when you first move in, you know. Mm-hmm. Just kind of make sure you got some food and some gas.
1: Yeah, I know we had some folks from the Washington office uh, job corps side. They swung by the center the other day, and we were asking, like, hey, what are some of the challenges, you know, you guys are experiencing here? And the rest of the center staff, because not not just fire staff is shorthanded, but the entire center staff is shorthanded. And they're like, we can't get people to accept positions because it's so expensive here. And they were talking about how it needs to change, you know, how, you know, Montana falls under, you know, RUS. Under GSA, rest of U.S. or ROS. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, it needs Montana needs to have its own separate thing, like like
0: a colo, like cost of living expense the, kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, right.
1: yeah. It needs to be in in a in a different category to get folks to be able to accept jobs, and so yeah, because like we'll it, see what comes of it.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Because like back in the day, especially when we first got, on, even just I don't know, six years ago or ten years ago, maybe like they. It wasn't that bad, right? Most of the remote places had bunk houses uh, and even family housing, you know. Yeah. So you could, if you were like us, who got you know wife and kid and stuff, you know, you could move into somewhere with your whole family, you know, and live cheap and and make a good wage on on what they were paying you back then. But not 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 anymore, man. In the middle of nowhere, it's been found out by everybody, which I don't blame them. You know, yeah, beautiful state. So it, yeah, you can't even afford like a you know a trailer house to rent in town yeah. if you wanted to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like back in the day, you know, someone was
1: telling me like a single wide trailer right now in the Missoula area is going for like six figures. Oh, my! It was just like, man, yeah,
0: like when when I know when I was like in college and just got out of college, like that was
1: like a thirty thousand dollar deal, probably, you know, like and the iron, maybe. And then even me, who was terrible with money back then, I was like, I still can't afford that. Same, (laughs) I know, know? man. Like
0: now, looking back, it's like, geez, I could
1: have made that work, yeah, you know, yep.
0: A little bit of talking about wear and tear, a little sciatic pain, so I kind of c- keep adjusting over <laughs> here. <laughs> oh,
1: man. You gotta stop getting old, man.
0: I know that's, that's the problem, man. We're getting stem cells, so you know I get another appointment here, uh, not next weekend but the weekend after. So yeah, get get it all worked out and you know be, be a younger man. I'll be Benjamin Button in this thing, you know, oh, going yeah. backwards. Say
1: less. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So you know, one of these times you have to come me, come down with me, join me.
1: Yeah. I'm just like, now that I've hit this age, I didn't expect to live this long. I don't know what to do with myself now <laughs> that I'm here. I know. When I was in high school, I was like, I'll never see 30. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just living yeah. wild and doing you whatever, know? and here we are. Yeah, I'm I'm like, okay, what now? Now my day consists of go to work, come home, and sleep, rinse, repeat. Yeah, rinse, repeat, <laughs> yeah. Hydrate, make sure I hydrate, you know. Yeah. A lot more
0: water consumption.
1: Yeah.
0: But, yeah, man, I mean, I think uh, I think we're doing is great, man, and the, the program's just awesome, too, man, and reaching out to some folks that May not have much opportunity if you weren't coming to to Trapper, you know. That was that was what I got out of it when I had my little stint there, you know. Mm-hmm. I probably would have tried to pursue that a little bit more, but um, man, it's just such a cruise from my house all the way out to Trapper, you know. Yeah, I'm losing like two and a half hours a day, mm-hmm. you know, just in drive time. So,
1: and I'm kind of trying to tweak how the the program operates. You know, we have that advanced fire um, trade that uh, we had we had talked about yeah. my, in my first appearance on, on your on your podcast. And, uh, this, this new configuration I'm trying to do now is, is, Hey, if we're going to throw a crew together, half of it, it's going to be hosted by trapper, but then we're going to try and grab, you know, there's, there's 60 some odd job core centers in the country, yeah. um, that fall under, you know, forest service management essentially. Uh, so what my plan is, is trapper hosts the crew with all of our overhead, you know, the crew boss, the squad boss, the senior firefighters. But then, you know, if you've only got 10 folks from Trapper reach out to like Anaconda and be like, Hey Mo, I need one FFT one or fall or two and three or four students. Yeah. And then what we're doing with California is Columbia basin job core center. Oh. It was like, Hey Ben, can you provide an FFT one, and a couple of students and then just be kind of like a district throw together crew, yeah. but through trapper oh, or through, or through through job core. Yeah, yeah. And then that way we're able to have our 20 person crew, but then use that as a recruitment tool for the advanced fire program of these kids coming on with the crew and they can fight fire with us and see, do I really like fighting fire? Is this something I want to do is pursue an advanced fire gig with a trapper or Colburn and then it's an opportunity for us to see them as a working interview and be like, Oh man, this, this dude's, this dude's awesome. Like, here's, here's what you need to do to apply. We're going to be keeping our eyes peeled for, for your name, come advance fire application season. Or like, Oh no, that dude's a dirt bag, like discard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, dud. yeah, yeah. That, that's a recruiting feature we're we're trying to use and, yeah, it's like an interactive job interview, you know. Yeah, like, and it, it's the first one that we've done so far. We've done a lot of work with, with Anaconda, but I'm like, I'm trying to branch it out to not just Anaconda. but Like I said, a lot of these other job core centers in the West, because there's there's a ton of them, you yeah. know, here here in the Western U.S. So.
0: Yeah, totally. And I I remember you know just like a few years ago, um, talking to the well when I was there, like talking to the advanced fire folks, and you know I thought more of them would be like from the center but they're kind of from all over it seemed like you know so like you said be able to get that chance to get some hands-on training with them and then and then maybe if they are kind of kind of a dud you could maybe talk to them like i don't know if fire is really your gig but i mean if you thought about this other you know route maybe you know because job court offers so much you know yeah
1: i mean that's where we were at in the first year Now this is our third year this is our third year having students and so the first year we had seven folks seven seven students in the trade And uh, five out of seven had zero previous fire experience. Really? And so these kids were, you know, welders, heavy mechanics, no fire experience. We're like, Uh oh, yeah, I'm going to try fire out. And they realized really quick, I hate PT. I hate sleeping on the ground. I hate hiking. I hate digging line. I hate doing all this stuff. Fire is not for me. I want to go and pursue my, my other trade of whatever it was carpentry welding i think a lot of them were heavy equipment operators yeah yeah and so that's a negative hit for us on the trade oh, at yeah. the time it was if they didn't pursue a job fighting fire and they were in the advanced fire trade then the next year we only had 4 but i feel like the quality was increasing and then this year we only have another 4 but again i feel like our quality we're, we're accepting quality over quantity and some of these folks already had previous fire experience, so it's like, okay, these guys at least who are coming to Trapper now to do this advanced fire trade, they at least understand what fire is about coming from another job core center that had a, a militia fire crew that they, they at least have been exposed to fire and not... Not ever spent a single day wearing greens and yellows.
0: Yeah, totally, man. And and then that the, you know, then those folks move on to another fire crew, and so it kind of helps out the whole fire community by bringing some quality in and then getting some quality out. Then you yeah, know?
1: yeah, and it's nice because I can talk with these, you know, I can talk with these students and just be like, hey, where where do you want to be, man? I'm like, yeah. come come fire hire. Where do you want to be? You want to go home? Do you like do you love Montana? You want to stay in region one? And I've been in the game long enough i've got a couple connections yeah, yeah, yeah you know and so come come fire see or come fire hire or at least whenever you know the announcement numbers are open i can tell them like hey you want to apply here you know apply here
0: yeah you've thought about north carolina
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and and then i and then i can call these you know afmos engine captains whatever who's doing the hiring and say hey keep your eyes peeled for little jimmy he's he's awesome I, I, I know you got 700 folks on your gs4 list but, um, your search ends with little Jimmy because I can vouch for him. He's awesome. Like he's totally willing to go there. So you're not going to call someone and be like, Oh, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to be there. Where, where is Darby, Montana? Oh yeah. I got a lot of this la- that last year. Yeah.
0: Hiring. They're like, uh, well, I'm talking to this other place. And I was like, Oh yeah. Wherever you want to be, man. But you know, we, yeah. we got a position if you, if that falls through. Yeah. So I know? can
1: reach out to some of these other folks on the Payette, the Fish Lake, the b over there on the Crotan in North Carolina and, like, hey, you guys are looking for folks. Here's a list of names, and yeah. I, and these guys will say yes. Your search ends there.
0: Yeah, and that I mean on the hiring side too. That's doing them such a favor, you know. And and that was kind of like reminding me of something that I think me and Teresa covered on on that uh, not the last podcast, but one before when we talking about like me and you have been in so long that uh, people like came up with them fire were kind of peers and they maybe had a little more time on on me but like now they're like i was telling my friends base manager here at missoula my other friends base manager ncsb and then you know like Teresa's a squad boss or a squad leader you know like man oh it's it's wild squad boss right yeah squad boss yeah, I don't know. Yeah, either one, I think, right? goes either way. I don't know. My brain's kind of flat today. It's <laughs> been, been a hot day. <laughs> Joy calls it hot brain. I'm like, I got the hot brain going.
1: Have another rock star. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I need. Yeah,
0: I need something with a little more kick. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got your uh, kombucha. A little bit of booch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keeping the guts in line. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that goes a long way, and, and just having those connections and fire. And it's a, It's like the big little community. I mean, people always talk about it, but... It truly is. And then folks branch out, you know, like Shank I had on here a while ago, and he's the FMO down there in Dillon, the BLM, you know, so having all those different avenues. And, yeah. And for you, I mean, you worked with Shank back in the day too, nope. so. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I've even had folks, you know, from my previous duty location there on the Payette, I've even had them call me up and be like, hey, you know, we're having a hard time getting candidates. Do you know of anybody, you know, that might, might be on our list? And I can... I know now that I'm in this position that I can start steering them, you know, towards, Hey, click on these locations on the payette. Yeah. If that's a place you guys are willing to move to, if, you know, if, if Western Idaho sounds like it's the place for you and then, yeah, then I can call these people and be like, Hey, I know you're, you didn't fill all these seasonals this year, but then going forward, if they have folks that are interested yeah, I'll go to Western Idaho. I can call those hiring managers and be like, yep, Boom! 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 Pick y- these guys, and I vouch for all of them, or, or may- maybe I wouldn't, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. But like, well, you know, maybe not these ones, but like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you're front all the lo- front loading all that for the students and for the hiring uh, per- personnel too, no. but like the students too, because then they it's not like that pause. Where you're like, wait, where? You know? Because you're like, you already know, told them like about it. They got to do a little research on their own, maybe, or maybe you did some research with them, and they're like, yeah, that sounds like a good good fit. You yeah. know, And then when the call comes through, that you know it's it kind of shortens that conversation. You know, yeah. instead of being like well, you know, like you said, we're on the Bitterroot national forest and, you know, we have some recreation like Lake Como and you start listing some things to try to reel them in, you know. Yeah. Like, they already, have a, they already want to be
1: there, you Yeah, know? that's why we coach them up, you know, middle of the season of, like, do not click on a place you are not willing to move to, you know, and we walk them through step by step. So it's just like they're under, they're very well aware of, like, if your phone rings and you get offered a job, you accept that job cuz you don't know if your phone's going to ring again. Yeah. And so that's why like okay, yep. Yeah. Yes, sir.
0: Totally. Yeah, especially nowadays when it's it's a little easier. You don't really have to shotgun like you used to have to, you Yeah. Know? And Even then you you probably take the first thing that came your way anyways back then. But, oh yeah. Uh, but now it's you know it's a little it's a little better for everybody cuz Yeah. I mean
1: that's what I did whenever I got my permanent was yeah. shotgun. I knew it was I knew I wanted to be back in region 1. Mhm. And so yeah, I shotgun my apps in region 1. Where yeah, now it's just like it seems like there's a shortage anywhere everywhere, yeah. and you can damn near walk into wherever the hell you want to, um, for those entry level GS three, four positions. So yeah, yeah, it's a different ball game than it was, you know, S- so different, 10, 15 years ago.
0: Yeah. I was even thinking like when we first started, I remember like even just, uh, doing like a, uh, just an assignment, you know, with uh, the, the hell attack crew, you know, like the Dylan national ship was kind of hard because like a lot of people were trying to get, uh, aviation experience, especially with the hell attack crew, because yeah. it's really valuable. And even just getting like an assignment with them was, was kind of tough, you know, cause it's a big list. And now I, I heard just yesterday, I think someone was telling me that Mile City had such turnover that they're they're really thin on folks. Like they're they're looking for bodies pretty bad. The Mile, C- Mile City Hell Attack, and it's like, wow, man, this blows me away, hmm, you know. Noted. I've got yeah. a
1: couple Heckam trainees myself. Yeah,
0: there you go. Yeah, because that's what. Yeah, I guess the phone call came through to to our Hell Attack folks, and we're like, hey, we could use some bodies if you got some, because. And, you know, just, just how the whole fire scene is everywhere, at least for wildland, it seems like it just people are, just aren't coming back. The retention isn't there anymore, and people aren't wanting to do the job as much anymore. And so, yeah, everyone's in the same boat everywhere. At least it seems like that in Region 1, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I talked with, when I was here at this uh, prescribed fire workshop earlier this week, you know, I chatted with uh, Woody, yeah, who's with Bitterroot Attack and was just like, Hey, you looking for detailers? Like, absolutely. It's like, awesome. You know, let's try and find a way to boost your guys' program. Maybe do some horse trading of, okay, if you get some of my guys and you can maybe break one or two off, particularly that have like FFT1, fall or two qual, something like that, you know, or at least, or trainees, like, yeah, let, let's do this to try and, that way your folks can get some experience on the hand crew side of things. Maybe get some, some of those training assignments and then my guys can also get that same experience as well, being with the ship, yeah. and also IC Five experience. You know, since we don't have a landmass, you know, it's like IC Five is our Achilles heel of the program. I
0: didn't even think about that. True. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you guys aren't you kind of lower on the totem pole of uh, calls, you know? Oh yeah. Usually, you know, the district, the the protecting, you know, district, you know, it's under, falls under their protection. usually oh, yeah. That fire, and then you guys don't have that. So yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, the districts, they're gonna look out for their people first, which totally understand i'd do the same thing yeah if i were there but it's just like yeah they need a huge bust to come through and they empty their barn call us for support and then Then another smoke report for us to get out to get out on stuff so i mean it's like
0: so so for folks listening ic5 incident uh incident incident commander type five so like a small fire i I was getting that jumble up my brain so typically small fire you know like a tenth of an acre and, um, like, a lighting bus comes through, and that's usually what you get, or like escape campfire. And that is, like, the entry level for people who are going to be in command of a fire is a, is a Type 5 fire. So it's, like, kind of the base at the ground level there and uh, starting point. So every district, everywhere pretty much has uh, a lot of trainees. So it's that's what, like, like Craig was talking about, is, like, how difficult it is to get his folks out because everyone else already has a pile of folks waiting for that, you know, Type 5 fire to, to get some training.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, we... We try and find, you know, different ways to skin the cat. We'll do a bunch of mock fire scenarios, you know, to fill some of those O categories, you know, in the task books. Or if we end up on a big type 1, type 2 incident, which is most of our crew's experience is on large incidents, you know, yeah. being like, hey, you can treat this, this spot fire, you know, as, as an IC5 sort of thing. But I still... Would like my guys to get an actual initial attack IC-5 so they're, you know, doing size up with dispatch and maybe coordinating with helicopters and duty officers. Yeah. stuff like that to be like th- this is the real thing
0: and other resources right like if you're doing like a you know backing up a district you know and they're no. gonna send an engine away and tying that you know other type six or whatever engine you know to and your blood's pumping because uh, you know an ia so you're no. trying to catch it and keep it small and
1: yeah i'm just like man i've been at trapper now starting my fourth fourth year and i think we've staffed maybe maybe four and IC5 you know we've responded to four i think smoke reports where it's been like we weren't requested as an additional resource you know where we were the initial attack yeah so i mean it's just one fire a year pretty much is is what we're averaging and i'm like ooh with yeah. a long list of trainees I'm like you could be sitting on that task book for a while there, buddy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so man. You're only getting one trainee assignment a year with IC5 stuff. So, yeah, I like fu- said, we're trying to find different ways to get clever about it. Like I said, tying in with Hell Attack and being like, can these guys be at the top of your list? Or will you at least assure me that there's going to be an opportunity yeah. for them to go work on IC5 stuff? So.
0: Yeah, that's huge, man, farming your folks out. And, like, at every level, it's kind of the same way, right? Like, working on those upper quals, like we were talking earlier, like, task force and stuff, just being able to get out and get the opportunity to do it, you know, and those are the harder ones to get if you're, you know, at home. So kind of go out for those ones typically, just, like, send your folks out for an IC5, kind of similar deal, which hopefully be a little easier because, you know, get, get a few IC5s from a lightning bus, usually early on or late in season kind of, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Or escape campfire yeah. kind of deal. yeah. Yeah, man. And then uh also want to talk to you today. Do you have anything else on the fire stuff? I think that's kinda nah. all I have on my brain.
1: Yeah, that's that's all I've got.
0: Yeah. I just, just think it's a super cool program, man, and anyone who's ever interested in it or just, you know, wants to support the program, it's you know, it's a good deal helping folks out, you know, and, and helping I think, you know, some younger folks that don't really know what they want out of life. So it gives them a little flavor for a bunch of different areas in the world and, and switch to the trades, man. I mean you hear like that Mike Rowe fella from Dirty Jobs and like I watch a lot of this old house. Yeah. So you know, like they talk about a lot, like the the hurt in the trade communities right now. So yeah. getting some folks out in the trade world is, is huge and
1: Yeah, it's like we need people to build things. Yeah,
0: exactly, man. Yeah, and like this old house has a program I saw the other day. They have like an internship thing that they're working with and you bring some folks in and Micro, like I said, Micro's always, you know, really uh grandstand for all that stuff too. you and Yep. Yeah, it's important, man. Um, So you know, Job Corps fills that gap too, not only with fire but with trades. Yeah. Um,
1: But yeah, and that's you know, I if folks if they want to be on the fire crew for their time there at Trapper, you know, let's let's say it's a carpenter, and you know they're just using the fire crew as a means, you know, to set themselves up for success financially, but they want to go do something else. I am totally good with that. You know, the thing I I tell all of these students before guard school ever commences is, or ever you know ever kicks off is with my speeches, like I recommend it for everybody. You know, I mean, you might decide, you might do a, a season of fire and be like nope, do not like that. Yeah. Cuz like the lessons you learn though in fire, you're going to be able to take those and apply them into whatever field you want to do life lessons, yeah. So it's just like I at least I recommend it for everyone to at least try,
0: yeah. And a few different life lessons too, right? Because like uh, on a long shift, that's a grind, right? Yeah. You got you got to stay awake, you got to stay aware and stay safe, right? You know, sometimes we're on our own lookouts out there. So I mean, it's kind of up to yourself to help keep yourself safe, especially at, like some night op stuff. You know, we're holding line, you yeah. Know, and that's and you got to stay vigilant. You know, you can't just be out there just like sleeping on your tool, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah. Being part of a team, you know, yeah. not letting the person next to you down, being accountable, you know, th- yeah. these are all lessons we're we're trying to teach these guys, and it's just like, yeah. if you want to be a welder, that's fine, but these things we're teaching you guys here in guard school and over the course of fire season, like you'll be able to take those into the welding field.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man, and, and get get a hands on opportunity to see how good teamwork can can do. You know, especially you put in a lot of hand line. You get a whole crew, you know, pounding away on some hand line and doing it, doing it right, you know, like, and everyone's taking their, sh- their share of the line, you know, the dig, and it's going to go smooth, and you're able to put in a lot more line than you'd really expect, you yeah. know. But if you're, you're not holding your, your end of the deal there, you, you notice, and the people next to you notice, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, I get the guys to basically give me grades, no, really? you know, uh, of certain students, be like, what about little 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 Jimmy over here? Mm-hmm. What would you guys have been out in the field, you know, doing project work? How would you grade him? Uh, I'd give him a B. I'd give him a C. It's just like okay, so needs improvement. Yeah, don't don't really care if he's there one way or the other, and that might be the deciding factor of hey, you're gonna go out on a fire assignment versus someone of like oh yeah, little Jenny, she is hungry, she's kicking ass, you know, don't have to, she's very coachable, does what she's told. Like, that might be the difference between going out on an assignment and, like, yeah, you can go kick rocks and go back to trade or education and you're going to miss out on a couple thousand dollars over a fire assignment.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, you're letting the whole team down if you're not pulling your weight, you know? Like, so that's a good lesson. And then another lesson, too, is just even, like, camping. You know, like, you may may not want to pursue fire, but you can get some camping skills that you can take with you, you know? And you're used to sleeping in the middle of nowhere and kind of, if you're, especially in your first one, if you're just, like, sleeping on a rock pile, you know, like, I gotta I gotta figure something else out here to get a little better sleep, you know? Yeah. And figure out like kind of picking your spot to sleep and something flat, you know, and you know do you, I don't, do you guys use Therm-a-Rest or the foam rollers?
1: Uh we use Therm-a-Rest. Yeah. So even like that, you know, like taking care of your Therm-a-Rest and stuff, you know. Yeah. We uh had the crew rep- respond to uh this fire up in the sapphires. Okay. I don't know if it was it was last year. And uh it all blends together. Camp was on this rock It was just like got up there late was like try and find a (laughs) try and find a place to set up camp yeah i mean by by the end of you know our fourth shift or whatever up there you know you could just see how creative you get (laughs) you know setting stuff up i'm like oh this person built this like coffin (laughs) out of (laughs) rocks or whatever and built this you know had their rocks moved out but then just took a bunch of pine boughs to like try and soften it up i'm like yeah you guys are getting pretty creative we're we're doing it we're figuring it out yeah that's
0: so cool man that's problem solving man next level there for sure you know and setting yourself up for success man i remember being on a fire that was so steep that we had to dig into the hillside oh yeah yeah that was to get something that flat so you didn't either end up just in a ball in the bottom of your sleeping bag or down the hill you know
1: Were you with me on that fire when we went to uh, Utah Oh, and we had to do that? I don't know. Punched in a bunch of saw line and hand line up this hill right outside of Nephi. Oh, I don't think it was on that And it was like, well, they want us to stay up here so we we can get started right away. It was just like, all right, dig, dig in. And, you know, didn't have RPG bags or anything. It was just like, oh. Coyote, right? Yeah, yeah. Wrap up right here on the hillside and, yeah, dig yourself a little. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> a little trench so you don't roll down the mountain.
0: Yeah, were you with me on that? No, not on that one. I don't think. Uh,
1: I think my sister might have been with me on
0: that. One. Oh, maybe we with, with the BBD then on that yeah. one. Yeah, I don't think. Maybe, uh, maybe I don't know. Like I said, it all kind of blends together because yeah. like I was picturing something in the tobacco roots, but maybe that maybe that was wrong. I don't know, but yeah, because that, that's like a equally as gross. Right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, tobacco. <laughs> yeah. Man. No country for old men. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure, man. That's why a lot of people don't really hunt that country for sure. That kinda like also segues nicely into uh, what I was talking to you about with like uh, outdoorsy stuff, man. Like w- with the new position, are you gonna have a more um kind of fl- family outdoors time like to take now or I hope so. Yeah. because 'cause, uh, yeah, cause we we're you know, we were talking earlier about the transition about like not not going out with the crew as much and doing more of the, you know, at home kinda admin stuff and Yeah. Yeah, so like yeah, I was thinking maybe I might get the opportunity to have a few more days off and, and go, you know, um go do some adventuring that that's the only thing that gets me about fire man like in why well, i'm you know one of the one of the bigger reasons why i'm glad i'm out you know more family time but also like i've lived in montana most of my life and i don't ha- haven't
1: experienced anything <laughs> except for work yeah last
0: week it was the first time i ever went camping in glacier and like you know, for pleasure, you know, like, yeah. not, not for like work or something, you know? Yeah.
1: It's like, I don't camp for pleasure. Are you kidding me? I do this for, for oh, work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Better be a Hilton wherever I go. Yeah,
0: totally. Man. <laughs> I never wanted to camp. I remember like when I first started dating my wife and she was like, we should go camp this week. I was like, mm Hard
1: no. Yeah, no, nope, <laughs> I'll be camping, yeah, for the rest of the summer, so I don't want to be, I want to, I want to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's my hope, you know, is, you know, that was, you know, whenever I, originally knew there was going to be a vacancy for the position I'm now in you know I put together this pros and cons list and that was one of the pros that I wrote down was more time to be able to spend with family you know because it's like I've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old and time time flies so fast just like yeah I want to be able to to be there and see a lot of this stuff and go out and do these fun summer activities with them instead of just like, Oh, well, dad's gone all summer. And, um, I don't know. We'll hopefully go skiing, yeah. you know, the, this winter, a couple days out of the year, but otherwise, yeah, don't bank on dad to do anything in the summer. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of a little bit of taste of that when When my kiddo was, you know, still in the oven, you know, like, yeah. when like my wife was first carrying her and doing her first, uh, like a uh, big check where they do the heart rate and stuff, you know, and the ultrasound and, uh, I ended up getting, you know, phoning in for it, but I was on a fire in Sedona and I was like making sure I had cell phone service cause I knew the time and you know, I, so I was kind of staying, staying out away from the fire just so I could feel that phone call. So I could hear my, my baby's heartbeat yeah. you know, for the first time. Yeah. And, you're
1: like, what the hell am I doing here in Sedona? Yeah. Right I'm now? like, mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I know, I know I need to be here. You know, it's going to help out the family too, yep. you know, and, and I was working on my c 4 so I was like, oh, man, which I got, I got a really cool IC4 out of that one. So it kind of worked out, but Yeah, just, like, missing even that. I was like, I don't want this to be, like... The norm. The norm, yeah, Yeah. exactly how it is, you know. And It sounds like with this new Tim Hart Act coming through, it sounds like they're trying to figure mitigate that a little bit more to get some more, like, work-life balance, you know. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think it's important, you know, to to have that time. You know, especially, man, most of of us, like, in the wildland world live in a beautiful spot. Yeah. And we don't get to really check it out. No. I remember...
1: Or, Or either that, I mean, you know... Like me, you you get you get your R and R, and you're just like, man, I just need to unwind. Yeah, it could yeah. be a beautiful, you know, you have your three days off. Maybe it ties into a a, a weekend, and have five days off, and it's just like, man, I just I'm tapped out. You yeah,
0: know? I got no yeah I got no no zest for the outdoors yeah, left. Yeah, like I've, been, me running, right I've now. been
1: running this saw for the last two weeks straight you know in arizona like i have no intention of being outside anywhere yeah (laughs) during during my time off so yeah it's
0: air conditioning and yeah yeah Yeah. so
1: i'll i'm i'm hopeful to to see what what comes out of this whole tim hart thing
0: yeah me too man and um you know there's there's a chance it might into like a prevention position you could so kind of see what that'll entail and stuff and like kind of what happens with the Tim Hart thing and because right now you know I'm totally out of fire but and but I'm I think I've been in this position for not quite a month now so still pretty new to it and I, I really like it but with uh the potential for the buyback and everything else and then the fire retirement you know like it Probably be worth my time to get back in a fire and at least secondary fire. Yeah, yeah. No, no. So kind of looking at that myself, but well, yeah, we'll see what we we'll see what life brings. Either way, I think I'll be happy because as long as I, I don't think I go back to full time fire just with my health, you know, and and the family life too. But I could do probably secondary fire like prevention or something because it it gets busy, but not not like crazy busy.
1: Would you ever do dispatch?
0: No, man. Dispatch has got a weird stress on it that like I didn't expect, and I don't think a lot of people really understand. Is it? you don't really leave it at work because you can get phone calls in the middle of the night and then, like, whatever issue you might be working on the next day is right back the next, you know, day. Yeah. So, like, to me, like, with a fire, you stay in the fire, you put it out, and then it's done, and you're not really even thinking about another fire, especially if a lighting bus just went through. You're not, like, maybe, you know, maybe someone's dragging a chain down the highway and that starts a fire, or, you know, something else, kind of human cause, but other than that, you're kind of, you know, like... you you know you can kind of take rest easy for a little bit and and recoup and, you know, refurb all your gear for a little
1: bit. I will say that's kind of something I'm going through being in this new position, you know. It's like I used to be able to just be like, well, 4 o'clock, we'll pick this up again tomorrow, no problem. But being in this new position, you know, it's like I am available by cell phone all the time since I'm the point of contact for fire stuff out there at Trapper. And so... I can tell that that puts a little strain on the family dynamics of like me getting phone calls at seven, eight o'clock at night. And some of it's like, come on, this shit couldn't wait till tomorrow morning. Yeah. But but other stuff, it's like, yeah, this is this is something I need to handle right now. And so that's that's something new being in this position of like, yeah, I do have my phone on me. All the time. Yeah, especially
0: you got a crew out, right? Cause yeah, you, they run an issue and they're out, you know, in California or something. You know, you got to do what you can to help yeah. them out, you know. And then
1: especially once you know we hit July and August, I mean, we we start getting into PL of four stuff like that. It's gonna be like, yeah, I need to be around to answer this phone.
0: Yeah, I can't really take any trips. I don't, I don't, then.
1: Hopefully not twenty four seven, but a big part of the day.
0: Yeah, totally, man. And, and you know, you get it ironed out and probably get things. You know, figure it out kind of more on, on your terms and might be able to take a little further trips and, you know, go up to the lake or something as no. long as you got cell phone service and no. be able to field some yeah. of that stuff and make it work from more of a remote. But, yeah, like like I said, this being in the first season, you kind of be a little bit more close to, you know, service and and even the SO so you can tap into something if you need it, you know, yep. like bug the higher-ups because yep. they got their phones on them too all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's and that's kind of the reason why I'm a little hesitant to go back to fire just because of that, you know, because same, yeah, same thing was be on the fire crew you know like you just never know you might get that phone call and especially yeah. having the higher quals you know like an ic4 or ic5
1: like it's bread and butter for districts typically yeah you know, so. yeah like hey luke we really need you man yeah and exactly. like, i don't want to really go because i have this going on but i don't want to say no yeah, because exactly. you like i don't know for me if, if i say no i just feel like i'm letting somebody down yeah but on the flip side I'm like if you say yes you're probably letting Somebody else down. Yeah, yeah. to <laughs> so a, it's a it's lose this, lose, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just this giant game of tug of war.
0: Yeah, totally. And uh it seems like the like another call that more important I guess is the engine boss and that seems like it's a little more thin these days too, you know. So even when I was doing the fuel detail, I get a call once in a while on the weekend, like, hey, we can't get a hold of anybody and, you know, everyone's scattered the wind and to staff an engine. Yeah, to staff an <laughs> engine. So I think uh man, I wanna say I think it was even in um I see, like, when I first got the job position in Sula, I think uh, the FMO to Steve, I was like, hey, man, I know you don't work for us anymore, but, like, we, you live, you know, live pretty close to the station. Like, would, would you mind go running up three mile and, and just seeing what's going on with this? Someone called in, like, a, a bonfire, and I think, or uh, a pile burn, and I think it was getting away from them, but um, the volunteers got on it and yeah, smashed yeah.
1: it. What do you want me to do if I find it? Yeah, like, <laughs> by myself. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, I got 300 gallons of water. Like, I'll just talk to dispatch and just tell them <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm staring at it. <laughs> yeah. I remember doing a one-man IA <laughs> with the engine. I don't remember why I was by myself, yeah. but I think like the crew got ordered up. They were off doing stuff, and for whatever reason, I was the only one at the office, me and the AFMO. It was Dave Henson. Oh, yeah. And uh, got a smoker boy. He was like, oh, just run out there. It's probably just a water dog or whatever. So I'm like, all right, tool around out here. Well, sure as shit, I found... A fire, you know, so I'm out there with the hose and trying to dig line the same and talk with dispatch. Me was just a little, you know, probably a 30 by 50 in 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 the grass and sagebrush, and it wasn't pushing or anything. It was just like, man, how many how many folks are out can, can say like I'm I seeing this thing. By myself with the engine. Like I don't even know if that was legal at the time. <laughs> that's right. policy. Yeah. Yeah. For me to be out there by myself.
0: you know like a safety issue there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. I don't you know how many people like found a fire by themselves and put it out. You know, yeah. like that's that's probably pretty rare, you know? because like, I I mean, I knew where it was, but I didn't the road the route they took me on, it was still on private, so like I i just make sure it wasn't on state or, or forest service land and so I went way up in the three mile and kinda got above it and that's when I could see all the volunteers running around it and they just you know smash it out because they you know carry a lot more water than we do, and so I was like, well, contact dispatch. I'm like, well, I found it. Looks like they already got it handled. So I'm I'm heading in. You know, <laughs> It's
1: like can't do anything Well, else. actually, Luke, we have another smoke Whoa. report, and
0: uh, well, yeah, and I think the volunteers thought that there was gonna be like a pile of us coming. So they're like, yeah, we're just wondering when the when the forest service is getting here.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just me. So. Yeah. Anyway. I yeah. I am here. I've blessed you with my presence. <laughs> yeah,
0: About so I, I, I brought that ugly green engine with me, and uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. I guess you don't need it. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah they
0: they did a great job. We man, pretty fortunate here. In, I think in the whole region, I I've, I've gotten a really good, uh, just feedback or, or really good results from volunteers. Man, I go out and just like work hard and smash it, you know, and put a ton of water on. And yeah, you know, I usually try to release them as soon as I can because I know they're just like donating their time i think they get paid if they go on ias but i know they're you got other stuff they'd rather do so as soon as like we got a handle on you just, you know send them off and and sometimes that because they might have something else pop up you know so it's like i appreciate your guys help thanks for fine thanks for you know getting knocked down and we'll take it from here yeah
1: know? i i know over in phillipsburg we had a really good relationship yeah with, with the volunteers a lot of involvement e- even there on, on the pay yet. we you know once we hit i think it was may or something we'd get together one day a week and do some cross training of like here's your engine you've got all this all this stuff here's our engine you know yeah. and we would do deploy hose packs together practice mobile attack and it was just like that was really cool being that's able cool. to do that cross training yeah, with those you, guys
0: and you probably knew them all from growing up there too right oh yeah that's so cool man yeah. like that's how whitehall was too so having like having like a relationship and i remember the, my first year in fire, I want to say we weren't getting much, and a lot of it was man-caused, human-caused, and I was, like, on private land, and so the volunteers get dispatched, and usually they wouldn't need us, so I remember one time I, we'd just gotten off work, and I was just, like, sitting on the fence, and I had just, like, those dark green you kind of pajama Nomex on, and didn't have a shirt on, I was just, like, sitting on the fence in the sandals and, like, heard the siren and I was watching the volunteers coming and they go by and like all of them are flipped me off. And I knew all of them, you know. It's <laughs> like, oh you bastards. It's like, call me if you need me. <laughs> but yeah, it was just kinda like that fun small town thing, man. Yeah. And they're like, suck it. And I'm like, ah. Oh, that yep. fun boys, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. Yeah, man, I I kind of always talk about maybe trying to go back to somewhere kind of small town like that because of that, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it just seems like Whitehall's growing with everything else. Yeah. Yeah. A- exactly.
0: It took a little dip for a minute, you know, like when the mine shut down, and but yeah. now it's like Bozeman's just going bananas, you know, and then um they're filming in Butte, you know, so that's Butte kind of starting to expand a little bit too. But I will say the nice thing about the filming in Butte, you know, like they went through some of those old buildings that just kind of froze in time from the Depression and no one ever got back into them. I, I heard like the 80s too took a hit. Some, something in Butte took a hit there too. But um Talking to a guy who owns Metals Bank, he was saying that a lot of the – Billings were just frozen from like the back in the day, like 30s and 40s and stuff, or whenever maybe the 20s, I guess, is when that movie started. So, like, a lot of times in those movies, they just go on, like update some things and kind of polish the old and kind of brought it back to its original glory for nice, yeah, that 1923 or wherever that movie was.
1: Yeah, I, Our show. I haven't, uh, I guess I haven't passed through Butte and been a couple months now and i didn't even like swing into like old town butte where i'm sure they were yeah, probably uptown. filming
0: yeah that's where it sounded like all uptown i, I saw it, like the news even did a little special on it. one of the old old buildings it was like a some kind of like hall or gathering hall or something and they're just showing like a before and after and, and i'd recognize the building because uh me and the wife lived in metals for uh, you did for recognize winter. the building yes yeah, so i knew where it was you know i think it was kind of near the coma uptown and uh the finland the big hotels right there too and i want to say they did some filming there i bet they did because that's the old building and just cool to see him bring these old buildings that were like kind of boarded. i think they were boarded up and it, you know get some new glass and and just kind of polish all the old stuff and get it back to its glory you know and so that's kind of kind of a neat thing there man mm-hmm. but yeah bozeman just with all the all the new folks moving in you know and all these bigger corporations and stuff and just bringing more folks and it's just expanding out and it's settling in the Whitehall, not bad yet but it'll probably oh, start yeah. going that way
1: yeah it'll expand
0: yeah totally because i heard three forks is you know pretty expensive and manhattan yeah. is like not affordable anymore either so yeah i don't know maybe alaska you know maybe that's the
1: dude i've considered that yeah like yeah. uh man
0: yeah there's some of the spots in alaska you know i don't want to blast the places out there because uh, i'm greedy Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, there's a few spots i've been kind of eyeballing ever since i was up there on the fire assignment you know no yep. so. Yeah, that would be a good move. But that kind of ties into where, you know, originally wanting to go was like with uh, the outdoor recreation world, man. I mean, might open up a few more opportunities for you, you know, this summer. Hopefully, like we were talking, do some fly fishing, right? You got a raft too, right?
1: Yeah. That would be awesome. Had a raft. Had a raft? (laughs) I I went out last weekend, you know, with the the broken foot. And I was like, okay, well, I want to go fish, but, you know, can't really stomp the banks with, with this clumsy thing on there. I was like, well, I'll put the boat in and you know float down maybe i can get some fish time in that way yeah, yeah yeah and uh you know had it all blown up and ready to go and um one of my buddies i was with noticed this little pinhole leak or whatever oh no and i didn't see it but he's like i just i just barely touched it and then it tore into this like two inch gash oh yeah.
0: so, you get an older boat too right
1: yeah yeah yeah, dang it, dang it. yeah. it's name is apache apache oh, from, <laughs> from all the patches on yeah it. <laughs> yeah
0: is it is it patchable or is it like that thing's done or
1: it's it's patchable yeah I'm actually gonna go top it off tonight and be like you're gonna hold air yeah <laughs> or are you gonna blow up on me as soon as I get on the water you so, gonna be right old boy yeah, yeah. But, I mean it's I bought it off of a one of my uh buddies that owns great divide outfitters oh cool over there in the big hole and um it was used you know it had had a, yeah. a bunch of patches already on it but yeah. character. Yeah yeah, it held air, so that's why I'm like Apache A dash P A T C H dash Y. Yeah. Got a bunch of patches on it. I'm like, Oh, mm, it's already got twenty. what's what's twenty one patches? Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, and <laughs> oh, no, it hold
0: holds air and you don't feel so bad if you're you know, scrubbing against the cliff or something in the water, you know? Yeah,
1: so I'm just like, Well, I'll try it again. Try and get out on the water. But yeah, I'm like, God, this this time of year, the crew's out, looks like Ireland out there. I'm just like It does. Yeah, this is this is when I'm in this position, I, I need to get out there and, and start in, enjoying life and taking the kids to the bass ponds and yeah, and instant gratification. Absolutely, <laughs> man.
0: As soon as yeah, as soon as one of the kiddos hooks into something, man. Oh, dude, like watch my nephews, man. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah, they took my older nephew for fishing for his uh his birthday not too long like a month ago, and the videos were good and it was just amazing. You know, yeah, so
1: stoked. He can't quite cast yet, but uh, Jared was showing me this, like, shotgun fishing reel.
0: Oh, yeah, I think I see. It, like, shoots it out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, you tuck the bait and everything into this, like, plastic container, put that down the barrel and yeah. sh- sh- pull the trigger, and it shoots it out and deploys, and the bait sits there in the water, and then it's got the reel attached to it. Yeah, so it looks super good. wonky. I'd never heard of it until he showed it to me today, I'm like, I got to have it yeah have oh it. absolutely <laughs> man and yeah your kid will be pumped yeah you know? you'd be like we're hunting for fish yeah combining <laughs> okay. two
0: of the best worlds yes there, yeah. it's like
1: yes we're doing it man <laughs> yeah exactly dude
0: um yeah because uh man i was going somewhere oh the raft thing uh so yeah i, I bought my raft last year for the smith and i got a it's cool The uh, cabalos or bass pro i don't know which one owns it now whatever one's in missoula Capellas, i think Cabela's, yeah And, uh, so I, man, they, they do like a first responder discount, at least they used to. And so I got quite a bit off on this sucker, brand new raft, 14 footer and a little bigger than, than I really needed, but I was planning to go on the Smith. So I wanted to carry a bunch of stuff and the Smith dried up. So we ended up just floating to Missouri. So got this big, beautiful raft and I, uh, took out the trailer, I was borrowing my dad's trailer, brought it back to my dad, deflated the the raft and balled it up in a tarp and was getting ready to store it in my shed. And uh, it was only out there for like a week, maybe. And then I took the tarp off, and Moss, a bunch of mice had already moved into the sucker. and. I gotta I gotta pump it up. I think they nibbled one little hole is that what I found in it and I was oh I was not a happy boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. b-
1: brand new raft. Yeah, pretty brand new. Honestly, oh my god.
0: I hit it out quite a bit last year, but like never never even scrubbed a bank or anything with it really, you know. Like just a little bit of wear and tear from going on the trailer and off the trailer and, yep. and you know, I figured if you could beat up, I was hoping to be me beating it up on some rocks Yeah, or yeah not know? some <laughs> small rodent. <laughs> yeah, some little bastard moving in on my territory, you yeah. know, so i gotta get it pumped up and did you you're are you doing your own patches your own patchwork
1: yeah yeah it
0: doesn't seem too hard from what i've seen but
1: i've you know. got all the materials and stuff for it so it's just like well i've done this before i'll just try it again it's just this is one of the larger ones that i've had to repair so i'm like oh. i hope this works
0: yeah you have enough patience and youtube and stuff you probably get it worked out yeah
1: yeah yeah no.
0: it doesn't seem that bad right you just like clean off the area you got the adhesive and the patch and do you have to cut the patch you cut like, or do you have like, just like a big oval patch? You can yeah. Slap so on?
1: I just have a bunch of material for it, and so I just cut circles for it, and I try and cover two inches all around it. Oh. You know the pat pa- that the patch is going to cover. Yeah, because that's standard. And I've right? got this little like tool that like, s- it. scuffs it up. Oh. It scuffs it up, you know, so it'll ad- adhere, I guess. Mm. And then yeah, throw on your adhesive, couple couple coats, and then the third one ready to go on there and roll it all out and then use some acetone to clean up. Oh, nice. You know, whatever, whatever excess there is on there. So, yeah. Oh, wow. It's not, it's not a bad process. It's just, it takes a little bit of time. A little time consuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: I just gotta get, I I still gotta find a little beat up uh trailer for it. And then that's the problem with the big, with the giant raft though. You know, we got a pretty good sized trailer. So I'm trying trying to get some Dude, all that stuff
1: can be expensive, man. Like, you see, you can see a brand new raft package, you know, boat, frame, no trailer. Just the raft and the frame is like $14,000. Yeah, for the like, really good ones. like, jeez.
0: Yeah, I can't remember if it was like the Blackfoot or one of those like really cool kind of hybrid, like good for fishing and good for rafting uh, boats. And I was like, you know, rafts. And I was like, man, that's the deal there. And like you said, it was like you know twelve thousand or something for it and i don't even know if it came with the oars i was like oh man yeah i want that but i can't i can't afford that
1: yeah and then my trailer was my old snowmobile trailer that i just had kind of like repurposed i have a buddy that works in missoula um that he builds trailers, essentially, any any kind of trailer. I was like, hey, oh, cool. what can you do with this? You know, the trailer tilts, you know, so it was a drive-on trailer for the snowmobiles. Yeah. And he totally redid the deck and redid the wiring, put a hand crank on there, you know, to to attach it onto the boat and just yeah. crank it on up there. It was just like, oh, sweet. That's that's awesome. Man. Yeah. I
0: was, I was going to try to do the same thing, a snowmobile trailer, but it's a real old one. It, back when snowmobiles were smaller, and it just, my, like, more than half the raft would be hanging off. And there's, I was gonna try to build like an extension on there, but man, the rest fits in pretty rough shape too. No. It's like my great grandpa's, so like it just been s- sitting in his in his field for probably longer than this airstream <laughs> he was around, you know. No. So I was like, well, I think it still had an old snowmobile on it, like a, with a like leopard print seat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, from the '70s or yeah. whatever that was probably. Sexy. Yeah, <laughs> so hot, and you know those things are. You've seen those old sleds too? They're just like low to the ground. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like if you're in any kind of snow, it feels like it just gets stuck, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I kind of remember that as a kid, you,
1: you know. Got grab. like the quarter-inch paddles or whatever. It's like you take this thing off the trail at all and you're getting stuck, You're dude. done, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know where my, my grandpa or whoever was using it was going, you know, <laughs> yeah. down the road, I guess. You know? <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're certainly not leaving besides a hard-packed road. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. It's oh, so funny, man, those old sleds and no suspension, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're just pounding your back. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, the new ones are man like hot rods compared to those old ones. Yeah, but yeah, some of those old ones like the enticers and stuff. I think that's pretty good power. Mm-hmm.
1: Those older sleds. Yeah, I mean, I always like you know the phasers. Yeah. I think I think Yamaha made those, and yeah. yeah, I just I sold my sleds and just never never really got back into it. I
0: know. It's, yeah, it's like, it's hard to do it all, right? You got have more time and more money, you know, because that was kind of the plan for me, you know, eventually was to get in, get into all of it, you know, get a sled, get a dirt bike, and get a pile of horses again, and oh. um, man, with the price of hay and the price of land, I don't, I don't know if horses are in my future, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. at least
1: at this point. Shit ain't cheap. Oh, it
0: ain't. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, like, all your horses are in Peaberg, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, my girl, all, all in white, there, and I mean, I don't even really claim anymore. Kind of like just the family. Yeah, horses I mean, like
1: I said, I don't own horses; it's just my folks that do. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, you ride them recreationally, but also it, it's more of uh, the hunting. Yeah, like a hunting to that a- right? aspect of it. You know, yeah. it's like my dad in his mid seventies; he's not gonna throw an elk quarter on his back. He's like, oh, yeah, the truck's only a quarter of a mile away. But I'm still gonna go home and get the horses. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know, to get this thing out. Meanwhile, I'm like, well, I'm gonna haul these two quarters out on my back. And then the very next day, I'm like, oh. I need a wheelchair because <laughs> yeah. my spine, you know, I'm 5'10 normally. And after carrying out that much weight, I'm like, I'm 5'4 today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just can't quite get straight at, yeah. Trading out. Yeah, I was like, this was a terrible idea. Uh,
0: yeah. was it like a lot of people were starting to use like alp- alpacas, like pack alpacas? Have yeah. you seen that? Yeah, there's
1: a guy um, I worked with in Utah that had goats. Oh, really? He's wow. like, each goat can haul 40 pounds.
0: Whoa, I did not know that.
1: And so he just had a, a train of goats. A I don't pack know. string yeah, of goats? Yeah, he, he had like 10, I think. Man. And, uh. Yeah, he's like, you need to – how did he word He's like, you need to establish or assert your dominance <laughs> really? of them, whatever that means. Yeah. And uh, he, do he's that? like, that way they know you're the boss. Oh. And then they just follow you around. Wow, that's and what I
0: heard the alpacas were like too.
1: Yeah, and so he had a barbecue at his house one day, and sure as shit, you know, he gave some little signal or whatever that they all understood and <laughs> – you know <what> came over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm like, oh, man, good for you. That seems like
0: a good deal, man. He probably do not have to really – I don't know what the rules are with the goats and stuff. You probably wouldn't have to really bring any feed because they eat everything. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah. I think that's why he had them.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, man. And, like, you know, for all the weeds and stuff around your house, you need to just let them, let them loose and you know, mow, mow the yard part oh, yeah. and stuff, you know? His yard was weed-free. <laughs> I bet, yeah. Man, yeah, the goats are animals, like like literally and figuratively. But uh, <laughs> brain is just mushed there. Oh, God. But yeah, like I I thought about looking at something like that, you know, maybe a little cheaper than having a horse. No. Not as fun, but so, it's kind of cool. You know, like I, I can't remember if it was on or something that he was using alpacas. Maybe it was like even Steve Ranell's brother or something was using them. I want to say they're out in like oh, Eastern Montana or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It was in Eastern Montana. Yeah. And I, I feel like they were giving him shit right out the I gate. think so. It was just like the fuck man like why Why do you have these yeah the first i
0: was thinking the same thing i was like really and then like, I i kind of saw him operating and i'm like maybe i need a couple of alpacas yeah <laughs> you know? yeah
1: we're learning today <laughs> yeah
0: exactly like, dang that's pretty handy especially now like and like like you said with our wheels still intact like we can we can cover some pretty good uh ground on foot no yeah. but yeah like my, my little bro is kind of taking over the the horse uh world you know the family horses and he he still has like some recreation like goes to brandings and, and ropes a bunch and, so they're they're staying fit and rode, you know, and so, which is nice, but I don't, I'll probably only use them for hunting with him or, you know, we are talking about doing like a trip into the Bob, you know, the Bob Marshall this Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do some camping and just horsebacking around and, you know, just cover some more country that way, you know, and the only thing is, uh, I'm not in riding
1: shape. So that is going to be hard on me. Yeah. I mean, it's been so long since I've ridden. I'm like, I, I, I always tell this to my dad. He's like, oh, let's go for it. I'm like that. I haven't ridden in so long, I probably don't even remember how to saddle a horse anymore. <laughs> yeah, dude, I know. I'm going to need you to be there to hold my hand through this whole thing. Yeah,
0: same, man. Eventually, I'll probably be just on the pack string laid over. Yeah. <laughs> it's my yeah, pack. Yeah, exactly. My little brother's going me. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like, oh, okay, this horse has these panniers. You know, this horse has these panniers. And then there's, oh, there's Luke. <laughs> yeah, know, just draped over. Just laying over. Yeah. Uh, blood's rushing to my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what I kinda of imagine, especially after the first day. I'll be all I'll be all pumped and just be riding all over and just getting pounded and then yep. next day I'll just be like, ah, oh, I can't move. <laughs> yep. And people don't like really realize that man, the weird little you know, stabilizer muscle that you use to ride to keep yourself stiff in the saddle. Or well, not stiff, but just like upright and like with all the, you know, back and forth and side to side movements, mm-hmm. you know. Like it doesn't feel like you're doing anything, but after like a long day of ride and you're like, Whoa, I feel it in my back. No. Like I I always feel like weird spots even like, you know, around my rib cage, <laughs> you know. Oh, maybe we need more like muscle up in that that region or something to keep the ribs from from clicking.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Cat's uh, family. I mean, they they do pretty much all of their ranching ex- exclusively on, on horseback. You know, oh, like cool. her dad spends a lot of time in, in the saddle.
0: That feels like a dying art, man. I'm not sure so many folks do that anymore. That's yeah. really cool.
1: He always says he's like my my worst ride was better than my best walk. <laughs> oh, right. That <laughs> like, makes sense. Yeah, you can't get him to walk. You know, two hundred yards. Yeah. You're like, "Ah, oh, go get my horse." You know, Yeah. Like, my worst ride is still better than my best, my best walk. So, yeah, yeah. You saddle good. up, old Jenny.
0: Yeah, yeah, you got a good horse, man. It makes it makes all the difference too. You know, mm-hmm. you don't you don't tie him up or anything. You know, they're just right there with you. Because mm-hmm. I remember it took like with the Forest Service, you know, you have to take a class for everything, right? You got to be certified. Oh and yeah. Make sure you got you know all the training to do something. Yep. Nope. So uh, is that
1: still the only place to get that training? Is like out there at Nine Mile? I think so.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's where yeah, because you were at Nine Mile for for a little bit. No. Yeah. yeah. And
1: um, I knew they did like their workshops, but I'm I can't remember of like do does the Bitterroot host anything like that? I don't remember the B Bar D. Well, maybe I can't remember if if they hosted you know.
0: Yeah, because like for me, it didn't apply for me. But ba- to me, that back then, because yeah. I never even thought about. Because like my, you know, my folks are there. So if I, I wasn't even thinking about riding a horse unless I'd go out to my folks and no. and hang out with them and ride the horse, the family horses, like. And so yeah, if they did, I, I never heard about it. And Same with the Bitterroot. Like I haven't, I have really heard about it. Yeah. So and I was doing a detail on the Lolo. Maybe, so.
1: maybe Nine Mile is the only place then that you can go do that training. It might I be.
0: Yeah, I wonder if they're still doing it because I think the fellow who taught me it doesn't work for the Forest Service anymore, so I wonder if they got, hopefully they got a replacement because no. you think they'd have to with all the folks going in out of the Bob Marshall or the great Burn so. and stuff, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, that was a, that was a cool class, man, and, and uh, like, just talking about just all the the opportunities, like, that that you can have, you know, using the pack animals throughout the Forest Service. Yeah. Like, man, that's super cool, Yeah, you know? I mean, all the lookouts getting resupplied in Bob Marshall and probably the scapegoat, you yeah. know, with pack strings
1: i remember we we helped uh i think it was spot mountain lookout here on oh, the Bitterroot.
0: yeah i went deep
1: yeah we, yeah we hauled in all their stuff you know it's like i had i don't know 60 70 80 pounds on my back and it was easels for painting and photography oh, really? camera gear yeah and for just, the mokes, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like there's a trail the entire way yeah. Like, why am I carrying this thing when a horse can, you know, haul all this stuff in? Yeah, all I'm this stuff in by itself. Yeah, I'm with you. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's like eight or nine miles, like one way. Yeah, one way in. Yeah, it was a cruise, man. Yeah, so we got in there and it was like quick, you know, drop off all this shit. Okay, hey, got all your stuff. Best of luck. Yeah. And quick, got out of there. And then, um, yeah, we we camped. Back there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Just because it was like, well, we still have another hour and a half drive, I think, to be able to get back to Trapper. I think
0: so. Yeah, and depending on time of year, that road could be really, really rough.
1: Yeah, it was. Wouldn't say it, it was probably like this time of year. It's probably like late, late spring, early summer. Yeah, you thanks. know, because w- the lookouts were with us to, oh. hi- to hike in there.
0: Oh, to, to open it up for yeah. the year.
1: Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and I imagine.
0: I mean, that like was we. A-
1: I don't even think we helped them um, get it all ready to go. From from what I, what I can remember, I thought, I, from my memory, it was, like, here's your shit, best of luck, yeah. <laughs> we're getting out of here, because we still got another eight or nine mile hike ahead of us yeah. to get out of here. Yeah,
0: and if you're like me, man, I, I got to keep the wheels turning, otherwise uh, they'll seize, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If I don't stay moving, especially, yeah. like, I don't, I, you know, I'm not as active like that anymore, you know, before I... It was no big deal. You'd, you'd hike, like, when I was in the Bob on that fire, we went and did a triage on, a, on a structure protection on one of the cabins north of us just in case the fire got that close because we were staying in Gates Park and everything was already wrapped. We had sprinklers set up and everything good to go. So just in case, we they had a run-up canyon towards that other, It's like, some horse cabin or something. So we just went up to, like, get a, a list of what might be needed, you know, and I think they had wrap there and a few sprinklers, and they were just gonna, really going to bring up a pump and maybe a few lengths of garden hose and stuff, you know, and some trunk line. So that was our task was to go up there. And it was a cruise kind of similar, you know, not quite as far, but like, I mean, definitely it was an all day deal though. We went up and did like a quick triage and list and then went back. And then by the time we got back, it was getting dark. So, yeah. it, you know, it was a pretty good run. And, and like we had lunch there and like went and checked out the cabin and, and, just like hung out for a minute, catch our breath, get some water. And then, you know, walked around and, and got our stuff and then got out and I felt fine, you know, like not, I wasn't even sore from it, you know, but now I, I don't know, man, I don't do those kind of stretches anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean I'd probably be fine if I did it did it more often, but I haven't done that in a while, so I'd want to keep moving so I don't yeah. lock up and <laughs> be carrying me out.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's just like I I try and stay you know, as as mobile as possible. But um yeah, there's there's some of those long stretches. There's just like nope, I'm not prepared for that at all. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh yeah, man. I I you know, like uh I don't know if I talked about it before on this, but I've been talking a lot to folks just trying to get into, a, like, a hot yoga routine. Yeah. Because I'm an idiot, and I just can't make myself stretch like I should. Like, I know I should be doing, like, a, a stretching routine probably nightly and maybe even every morning when I first get up and get get the body going before, before I get into the day. But I just... Can't make myself do it. And I've always been like that. And, but yeah. I always had sports, right? You stretch as a team. And so yep. I, I never really had to do it. Like my, I've just always had like tighter muscles. So I don't even know if it's necessarily an age thing. I just blame it on that.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm the same way, man. It's just like I, I'm i getting better ab- about stretching. But it's just like I couldn't have gotten any worse, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I can't put my damn socks on. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Like, Grab that sock and put that on there and but, twist it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah so...
0: Well, a learning opportunity for your for your kid out there. Yeah, yep. these
1: are all life lessons. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pay close attention.
0: Yeah, eventually you'll be coaching someone to do the same for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, and ah, oh, yeah. So maybe you need hot yoga with me. You know, we'll, we'll go do a few sessions. Gotcha. you ever done hot yoga.
1: I haven't, bro. You've bugged me about it a couple of times. I
0: figured. I, I tell everybody about it, man. It's a, Well, it's a game changer for me because, I, I, you know, I've said it before in the podcast. But
1: but it's something you just have to, like, it's not like, hey, you do it once. You know, it's something you have to continuously go and do, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, <sighs> When am I going to have time to go do that's that?
0: That's the problem, right? Well, I think here at the... I probably need to
1: just make time is the it, that's thing. What, yeah, because yeah. that's what I had
0: to do, too, because I was actually training to smoke jump when I first went, and I think I was only doing, like, once a week, and, man, it drastically changed my... Just once a week. Yeah, just once a week, and it drastically changed my, uh, my, my uh, run gait because my gait was getting tighter because I was building more muscle and running more and getting more stiff because I wasn't stretching, and so then, like, after just, I think couple sessions i uh my my mile time started getting faster again you know i started dropping dropping seconds and then minutes off my mile time because was my gait was starting to extend you mm-hmm. know and it helps your cardio too because you know your blood's pumping and your heart rates gets jacked up because you're in real high heat and you're trying to just breathe out of your nose and trying to hold some positions that are kind of challenging even if you weren't in the you know 90 degrees or mm-hmm. however hot it is do they do one around here yeah i was just gonna say i think it's like um uh, i want to say bitter crossfit or something the out on the old, uh, I think it's old Corvallis Road or something on the East Side Highway. Hmm. Just, just like, right over here, man. And they, I want to say, uh, I think her name's Jonna, uh, the instructor. I haven't met her yet, but um, a lot of folks here at the SO go and have really good reviews on. She does, like, a like a Power 60 or something on Friday mornings, which that's what I've been trying to get to because it's, it's at, like, 6 in the morning, uh, just an hour. And I guess it's a really good routine, and then that give me time to. Gets food in me and, and shower off probably just like right here and get get a shower and start my day. No, and I think just like once a week or even just a couple times a month I think would be a big game changer for guys like me and you and who've been athletes our whole life and and you know doing an active job like this and mm-hmm. then or then not doing any active. I was talking something about that recently too because you go from just moving all the time too and that kind of you know the old saying motion is the body's lotion you know and a lot of truth to that I think too because oh yeah. now that I'm riding a desk more it's like I'm stuck in the same position so I'll be focused on something, you know, and and then when I'm done, like, email or whatever I'm doing, and I go to get up for lunch, I'm like, oh,
1: uh, you know,
0: like people probably hear me across the office, just like grunting my way out of my chair.
1: Yeah, that's something I've noticed being in this new position. It's just like there is – it's very hard to set time aside to, you know, do any kind of PT. Per- oh, I bet, period. yeah. And so I've just had to get into the mindset of, I don't care if this center is burning down. I gotta go get this in, like, yep. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Just like, clock strikes one o'clock. Boom. I'm, I'm going to do this. I Have to. Don't yep. care how many other things I have going on. It's Just like, I have to do this. Otherwise, I am going to just see yep, ball up. up, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and man, I,
0: I think we've all seen those old fire folks who are just like bent, like seriously. Yeah. Like, feet, head, yeah. you know, and just bent over because their back, like, seized up them. Because, you know, we do carry a lot of weight on us going around fires, especially, like, you know, if you're a saw or something, or, or EMT, you know, it's oh, yeah. a lot more weight you got to throw on your pack. And <laughs> on top of, like, what are the shelter weighing out? Like 20 pounds or something? I
1: thought they were still, like, 12.
0: 12 pounds? feels like 20 to me, so I'm going to say 20. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Either way, it's awful. It is awful, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, I hate this thing.
0: But it's gotten better because I remember the True North Packs that thing for some reason i probably had it set up wrong so it's probably me but i mean that thing would just get like sucked into my butt cheeks and yeah <laughs> i and not think At the, the, the day me. my back so, yeah, yeah my back be wrecked and like my butt cheeks be raw <laughs> Man, <laughs> yeah. i hate this thing so like once i got a, a mystery ranch pack and or a Nargear pack one of the two it was like night and day you know difference what
1: did you Something guys run like. with out of uh north cascades
0: we made our own. Yeah. Um, well, they, you know, I didn't have any uh, hand in that, but like, which was super handy because you could uh, uh, die design it towards like the needs for us. You're like, uh, and then I want to say pretty much sure everyone like kind of moved over to more of a BLM setup because I want to say they they did a really good job with their packs. And then the BLM also did a deal where they do like a bag within a bag. So typically we have a pack out bag that we have rolled up in our in our leg pocket or wherever you stuff it in your suit, but somewhere out of the way, and then you land and you throw your your jumpsuit into it and your parachute and uh, and then your reserve and anything else you're not going to need on the fire line. No. So you get, that's where, like, the 100 pounds comes in. So you got this giant bag. So you roll out this huge bag that's, like, I don't know, seems like four feet tall. And we have it all stuffed in, you know, and you stuff everything in there. And then I think I'm a, if you do it right, you can even shove your, your line gear bag on top and get it all cinched up so that you have just this one giant bag for a pack out. But they instead of like taking up any room in your jumpsuit, they do. They have they have their setup setup goes. It encases the line gear bag, which is also huge because you got to make sure there's nothing like not a strap, anything flopping off you when you go out of the plane because the chance it could hook, and it probably won't secure the plane. Most likely would rip or or pop loose when you got out of the plane, but it would just throw off your exit and that'd put you in a spin or something that'd be a little more dangerous, mm-hmm. you know. Especially back in the static line days, you know. So. They do that thing, and it really, really makes everything smooth, like streamlined too. You know, because then nothing's dangling, and everything's encapsulated, and you got your your pack up bag right there. But they're, yeah, they're designed. I want to say that's what we're using. I think they're calling it Alaska bag or something. Mm. When in my last few years, and yeah, it was it was quite the upgrade. I Man, I kept buying when I left, and still use it. You know, for a uh, line gear bag because I would really like to miss your ranches. But as you know, like putting them in a compartment in the side of an engine is can be a bit of a pain. Yeah. Because that yoke? Yeah. I yeah. mean,
1: that's what we have to do. It's just like you take out the the plastic. You know, it's. I don't think it's actually part of the, like it, it's part of the yoke, but I feel like it's just used to adjust it. You know, to break the Velcro, and then be oh, able yeah. to slide it up and down. It's just like, dude, you gotta take that plastic shit out of there. It makes sense. <laughs> like, you man. gotta be able to fold that thing down. I've been years with that thing in there. That makes sense, <laughs> yeah.
0: man. Because I really like the Mystery Pack because it's, you know, the Mystery Ranch Pack. Yeah. Cause they design it well. You yeah, know, and I, I love mine, yeah. It seems yeah. like
1: always somebody's always trying to reinvent the wheel and like, oh, try this new flashy thing. I'm like, I'm yeah. totally happy with mine, man. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, because they got all the padding in the right spots, it feels like. It's yeah. got like a lumbar pack, you know, our padding there, you know, and then the waistband's is really nice. Mm-hmm. And then like having that yoke is super nice, you know, getting adjusted right. So it yeah. feels like you can really distribute the weight on there pretty good, Yeah, no. you know. Yeah, that makes total sense that the plastic thing would be to break the velcro because that velcro is sturdy. Like, yeah, you're trying to rip that apart with your bare hands.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's an effort. Yeah, it's like you better have a garden trowel, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or you need, you need to have that it. plastic piece. Yeah, like yeah. Was, yeah, knifing it in there. Yeah,
0: some of them were like, Yeah, I was trying to rip mine apart just to adjust it, and man, I was it was a bear, yeah, you know? so that, that makes sense. Well, shoot, man, I want to keep you all night. Um, I, I guess just you know. Fly fishing plans in the future for for me and you probably and no I, I, I hope so yeah we'll probably be stuck on a boat for when when's that thing healing up what's I'm the timeframe
1: well I can take this thing off pretty much next week oh cool. I don't even I don't even really need it right right now you know it's not so the orthopedist was like hey you know you can totally take it off but you know it's mostly for stabilization he's like if you're the clumsy type you know and you you're talking with somebody, and you step off the sidewalk, miss the curb, or whatever, <laughs> re-aggravate it. He's yeah. like, then that's bad. He's like, so I would recommend wearing it for another two weeks, but he's like, it's really just for stabilization at this point. So yeah. I'm, I'm to the point now. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. Um, but then it's just like, no running, hiking, jumping for another uh, four weeks. So till, yeah. till last week in July. Oh, really. And I'm just like, oh, we have another guard school coming up here in uh, like a week and a half, and I'd like to have my hands on that and as much involvement in that as possible. And like I like PTN, you know with, with, Especially the, with the crew, right Yeah, with, with the, group, the crew yeah. and, and with the students. while the crew's in California, you know, I'm just like I feel like it goes a long way for some of these, you know, young kids that are 18, 19, 20 years old. And I I've heard this more than a couple of times. Like, well, you know, oh, I'm gonna beat you up the hill and like whatever. Yeah. And beat him up the hill. Like, well, you've you've had time to practice. You know, you you've been in this for how long and how many years to practice? I'm just like, dude. When I was your age, <laughs> like what I would what I would give to be 20, 21 years old again. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, young. Man, like no excuses. <laughs> so I I like being involved with the PT as much as possible. Cause I'm a firm believer. We had this talk earlier today with my guys. It's just like, I feel like that builds a, a better team, more cohesiveness of struggling together. Yeah. Whether, I mean, and that's through physical fitness. Yeah. You know, I think that's why a lot of combat units are so close because they've struggled together. And I'm just like, this is, this is our way to start building that cohesive team is Going through some really crappy PTs during those those guard schools, yeah, start building it that way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Bonding through pain and struggle. Yeah, and,
1: and I think you get more buy-in too if you know instead of having a bunch of staff members, you know, barking orders at them to do X amount of burpees and then send them on a hike and then you arrive at the top of the hill on a truck. Yeah. You know, I feel like you get more buy-in um, whenever they see the staff there. Getting their ass kicked right there with them.
0: Yeah. So absolutely, man. That camaraderie that goes along with that. Yeah. So
1: that's what I try and push. I mean, I'm just like, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but at least we'll have a couple folks around that that can participate. But I'm just like, if I can't do it with the guys, I probably won't even show up to the PTs and just distance myself from it. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's yeah probably a good strategy there, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even if you go in there and do, like, a little bit while you're getting back into shape, you know, like yeah. goes, goes a long way to you, no. you know. But I think uh, hot yoga would help that out, too, because of the strength thing. You'll probably, you know, be a little weak just from not using those muscles for a while. They atrophy a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, I jacked, I think I might have said this to the podcast, too, but I jacked my foot up real bad. Um, Not like yours, but I went on a, I think it was a t- me and the wife went on, like, a 10-mile hike, and I was in flip-flops. oh, Yeah, so I got, like, a weird, like, cramp that I could not get to go away. It was, like, a ball in the middle of my foot. I could not, no matter what I did, I couldn't stretch it out. I was rolling with the, with the, what the hell possessed ball.
1: you to go 10 miles in flip flops? Oh, I was in Prescott and uh, we were taking the dog for a
0: walk and we were on this lake. And I'm like, you know, and like, a, you know, like a over energetic kind of like dog or something. I was like, oh, look at that. Let's go check that out. Oh, look at that. Let's go check that out. So we just kept going, you know, and then like there's these cool rocks we were climbing around on. And man, towards the end of it, I was like kind of club footing back to <laughs> yeah. back to the camper can't, can't get back to the camper quick enough yeah man and i got that sucker up and i started i was just stretching out all night you know and put you know trying to lean into it you know and do like almost like a calf stretch to really stretch out the, those little uh the balls of your feet like you know metatarsals but yeah like metatarsals are in your feet. i don't know man look at me <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i know i should this is not the day for me to bring it up <laughs> bring it up any kind, of <laughs> any kind of knowledge uh, but yeah, man, going into hot yoga though, I was doing that, what used to be Bikram in Missoula, it's 90 minute hot yoga and there's a lot of like uh, single leg standing things. And I think that was causing my foot to like really stretch out to keep balance. And I mean, that was another deal. Like I swear, like one session, it felt like, like back to normal and then I just kept doing <laughs> it just because I, I like hot yoga, but yeah, and totally went away and I could not get that thing on my own to, to release. And that's what it all was. was like getting into release and get into like really stretch out on a different angle and putting putting probably a different angle of like pressure on it too because like some of the single leg stuff like your foot's way out in front of you and something that i wouldn't even think to do you know on my own so yeah we'll have to book some those hot hot yoga sessions once you get
1: yeah dude let's let's book some hot yoga let's let's uh get the the raft out let's do some fishing
0: yeah totally man i might have you come supervise my patchwork so i can (laughs) make sure i get that thing sealed say when say when yeah exactly man we'll do that soon well I think it's a good point to leave off, huh, man? Okay, sounds good to me, brother. Well, thanks again for coming out. And uh, Always. Yeah, appreciate Always. you. appreciate anyone who's tuning in.
1: I can't uh, tell you guys enough, you know, like I was talking with Justin Abbey, who I, I'm like, you got to keep pursuing him Oh yeah, to, I, to I get, don't want to get him, on dude. your podcast. But I was just like, yeah, any chance I can get to hang out with Luke, I'm like, I, I totally take any opportunity. Like I said this with the first appearance, love what you're doing, you thanks, know. Thanks, man. And it's just like, yeah. I appreciate the second invite, so. Yeah.
0: Well, I appreciate the support, man, and I appreciate you kind of reaching out to folks. I, you know, I kind of bugged Abby about it a little bit. and Keep going. Yeah, you think he'll do it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I hope so, man. He's a wealth of knowledge, and he just brings
1: good energy. and Yeah, you know, good conversation. You need to get him and Danny Atkinson yeah. at the same time.
0: Oh, at the same time? Yeah, that'd probably be good. Yeah, I didn't think about that, because you haven't yeah, talked to Danny about getting him on, too, because his story is insane, man. Yeah. Like, where he came from to where he is now. Yeah. Like, that... I don't know of any other person that is, would survive what he's survived and still here and, and thriving, you know? Yeah. Oh, man, nuts. But well, a little teaser for some upcoming podcasts, I guess, mm, there. Yeah, well, no doubt. Appreciate you, man. I yeah. appreciate this because, you know, like, with families and work and stuff, it's hard to get together. So it's not an excuse for the podcast just to hang out with good buddies and, and yeah. catch up that this way, you know?
1: Absolutely. Love doing it, man. Yeah. So happy to be another guest. Yeah,
0: thanks, man. Appreciate it. And appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. Thank you.